honestly, my biggest takeaway from the whole thing is Shannon Sharp right now is being completely exposed for just how I, I just can't stand the man right now. Like Shannon Sharp is just really pissing me off. Why? Why? Like, what is he even saying? He got a lot. Like, Kate on an episode of Undisputed this morning, he go he goes on because he was mad that Michael Jordan was complaining about how Scottie Pippen took the how he waited how Scottie Pippen waited uh, for the beginning of the season in 1998 before he got a surgery, right? Because his contract was shit, and so MJ or so MJ called that selfish, which it it was. It would Scottie Pippen he was very unselfish for taking the money that he did take, but it was selfish that he took that he didn't want to ruin his summer, quote unquote, ruin his summer, and so he purposely uh, got surgery. Uh, during the season, and then Shannon Sharp's out here telling Michael Jordan, he's screaming at Michael Jordan. He's like, "You're not screaming." He's yelling. He's like, "Oh, you can't! Don't if don't tell me how to manage my money. Don't tell me how to do all this stuff." And then two seconds later, he's telling Michael Jordan what he should have done with his money. He's like, "Michael Jordan shouldn't be telling Scottie Pippen what, with his, Michael Jordan shouldn't be telling Scottie Pippen what to do with his money. Michael Jordan should have given Scottie Pippen ten million dollars." I'm like, "You're just telling Michael Jordan what to do with his money and." You're complaining that Michael Jordan's telling Scott Pippen what to do with his money. I don't know. Just Santa Traps is pissing me off. I just can't stand the man. Yeah. I just can't do it. I, I mean, know. that, that, um, I think one of the big takeaways from that documentary that I remember is that Scotty Pippen contract is a huge steal, right? It was like Dude. seven years, 18 million. Um, and by yeah. the end, I don't really blame him for having resent to the front office. Even, yeah. um, the the owner of the the Bulls even told them like he's like why are you signing this contract yeah like that's re- and he's like once you sign it um like he is not renegotiating it right yeah so I think it's kind of um it's kind of crazy to think that it's, it's most tough, yeah. Uh, yeah that most dynasties are built off bad contracts even if you look at Golden State right uh, they yeah. wouldn't have been able to sign Katie if Curry wasn't underpaid uh, I mean, in that first year right sometimes it's not bad contracts it's just like athletes just not being um like really sacrificing for the good of the team like guys like tom brady and tim duncan have been doing that for their entire careers which is which led them to tons of success and people and people don't i mean maybe, maybe we'll get into this in the next um episode of the documentary but, Ma- but michael jordan he had a terrible contract for the majority of his career for his majority of his prime in 1988 he signed a eight-year 25 million dollar deal which isn't much better than what Scottie Pippen was getting and Michael Jordan was way better than Scottie Pippen I mean it wasn't until Jordan's last two years where he finally got paid so like even him he, he had a pretty bad contract and that allowed him to sign Scottie Pippen Dennis Robin and all those guys so yeah yeah that's a fair point too I guess it's kind of 50-50 when with uh, the Spurs dynasty like you said Tim Duncan signed cheaper contracts um, to like salvage the the roster and kind of try and win as many championships as he could. Whereas yeah. with these contracts, it's more like Scottie Pippen sees the money and he just signs it. And, you know, near yeah. the end, he kind of like regrets it because he's like, now I'm underpaid and he wanted to get paid more. Yeah. Uh, so, and the same thing and- with Curry, he signed that that contract because he had ankle problems. And at the time he wasn't an MVP, right? He was just a yeah. a solid young player. And then, 2016 comes around. I think he, that's when he gets paid a lot uh, after they signed Katie the year after. So yeah, um, it helped them at least build those dynasties. Uh, at at least the time, it made sense. At the time, it made sense to sign the contracts. Like Scottie Pippen, he had like a family of 18 or something like that. Two of his family members were in wheelchairs. He just wanted to make sure that none of them would ever worry about money again. Yeah. But in hindsight, the league took off in a way that no one expected. And 
the salary cap got blown up and players were getting paid way more than Scottie Pippen was. And so, yeah, that kind of sucked for Scotty. And the league blew up because of the Bulls and specifically yeah. Michael Jordan, right? If you look at yeah. the timeline, um, the league starts blowing up in Jordan's prime. And they're literally superstars, like when they're in France. Um, I don't know if you remember this part of the document. Like, they were in France. Yeah. And, like, everyone's, like, they're, like, rock stars. They're, yeah, like, the, they're like the Beatles going through. Uh, people are, like, <laughs> asking the dumbest questions. Like, one of the guys asked, what do you think of the Eiffel Tower? Yeah. <laughs> in France? And, like, it was just crazy to think how That's popular iconic, these guys are like, around the world. Michael Jordan in the beret walking to Chandelier's <laughs> The beret. <laughs> Michael Jordan is just iconic, iconic. Um, but, yeah, and the NBA, really, ever since Jordan even entered the league, it took off. Because in the 70s, like, the – the league wasn't that big and obviously it was Larry Bird and uh, Larry and Magic who kind of put the league back on the map and then adding in a talent like Michael Jordan just helped the league and see so, yeah, how the contracts the contract values went crazy um, but yeah that was, that was just crazy I don't know in my eyes yeah speaking of Magic and Larry it's crazy to think that how highly they praised Michael Jordan so early in his career like yeah, Larry Bird called him like God or something. I was like, yeah, he's like that was God dressed up as Michael Jordan. Jordan. Yeah, in, uh, <laughs> the '86 playoffs. That was, I think, the the second game, right when he put up 63. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And at the time, Larry Bird knew, like he said, he's the best player in the world. That's what he said after that game. Yeah, and yeah. that's such high praise from an all timer, like top ten all time. And Magic said the same thing. He's like, we knew he was the best player. He knew yeah. we knew he was better than us already. <laughs> Everyone knew, yeah, it was just that he was on a. Like his team was bad back then. Like he, he, his team was bad. Like there was a thing with the cocaine and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like when he walked into the dressing room and he was like he's describing, he's like, yeah, there was strippers over there, the cocaine was over there, and the players were getting high over there. And it was like it was a complete shit show. And his team was terrible. Um, but yeah, he, he really changed the culture around there. And I know the Jerry Krause guy, the general manager, he gets a lot of hate um, for the way that for being the reason why the Bulls dynasty ended, but he's the reason why it started. Like, I'm going to give Jerry Krause credit or credit is due. I mean, he big part in helping Michael Jordan get the pieces or help Michael Jordan have pieces around him. Um, but yeah, Jerry did get not enough credit that it, he didn't get enough credit, but he wanted more credit than he deserved. And at the end of the day, that's what ruined the, that's what ruined the dynasty, which is too bad. Yeah. Jerry Krause does deserve some credit when you look at, he wasn't there when they drafted Michael Jordan, but he drafted Scottie Pippen, um, he made the trade for, for Dennis Rodman. Yeah, well, yeah, he made the yeah, he, he like wanted him so bad he traded up to get Scottie Pippen. Um, he did the Bill Cartwright trade for Oakley as well, which was a big controversial, piece. but yeah, it, was, it worked out. Controversial, yeah, for sure, but a big piece in helping them win too. So yeah, he deserves a lot of credit as an as a GM. He was clearly talented at what he did. But at the same time, apparently, I don't know if this is true because it's kind of a biased opinion when you consider the lens where this like documentary is from, right? It's kind of from yeah. like the team's perspective. So I don't think we'll get J- Jerry Krause's opinion, right? Because he passed away in 2017. Yeah. So in the documentary, it's going to be one-sided. But I think he does deserve some credit for sure. Um, but as I was saying, like it appears that he kind of gives off this like ego – like he wanted more credit than he deserved and got less um, yes. than he was given, which is a recipe for disaster. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it 
it's crazy to think that the Bulls could have gone on one, seven, maybe eight championships. Because I'm pretty confident that they could have beat the Spurs the next year in the 99 finals. Um, Tim Duncan was a young guy. Good player, but a young guy. And, you know, guys like Scotty and Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan came back in 2002 and dropped more. Yeah, I think he had more 40 or 50 point games than anyone else in the league did that year and was an MVP, top five MVP candidate until he got injured in 2002. So, I mean, the guy could still ball. And obviously, Scotty Pippen and Dennis Rodman went on to do great things. Steve Kerr kept playing. I mean, that, the team wasn't done. Um, it's just too bad that, you know, the Eagles got in the way of that, which happens to all the dynasties, though. Yeah, at the beginning of the three peat, they went 72 and 10, uh, 96. Yeah. And then. Two seasons later, they won their last championship, and then that's the last time we see Michael Jordan in a Bulls uniform, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. Um, the amount of success they had, those six championships, and um, essentially like his six prime years. Obviously, yeah. he was better before, but once the team, like once him and Scotty were um, of the right age, they took over the league. Uh, you and. Do you think that by the time we're done watching this documentary, like by the time the 10th episode's out, that um, there will be a different perspective for the GOAT conversation between MJ and LeBron? I think I'm not going to be biased here at all. I'm just going to say straight up. The conversation will, if it hasn't already, it will have shifted from who's the GOAT to who's the second best. I mean, I'm just like, going to say that right now because people are starting to realize that Michael Jordan wasn't this, you know, this guy who was playing up against plumbers and he wasn't this guy who had no competition. Michael Jordan was a legitimate baller who was going up against some of the greatest players in NBA history. Um, and we're going to start, because especially in the next episode, um, they're gonna, they, they said they're going to start featuring the uh, bad boy Pistons and the playoffs that, that the series that Michael Jordan and the Pistons went up against each other. And I can guarantee you this. Bill Lambeer will be a household name next week. At this time next week, Bill Lambeer and the Bad Boy Pistons will be a household name because everyone's going to know they were the guys who would knock down Michael Jordan and beat the guy up over and over again. But, yeah, I mean, just to answer your question, like, I think there just won't be a conversation anymore, or there shouldn't be at least. I think the conversation still exists because younger people like us and even younger Never got to watch Michael Jordan, right? So exactly. by the time this documentary is done, for sure, I think the conversation will shift. And it'll, like you said, I think you said it perfectly. We'll be talking about who's the second GOAT uh, and not who's the greatest of all time, which uh, is kind of crazy to think about how, how like, one documentary is going to shift the landscape of yeah. what people talk about. It's crazy. That being said, though, in 10 years, whenever when LeBron James – because you know LeBron James is going to have to drop a documentary. He's probably going to make like 20 parts. But when LeBron James drops his, then everyone's going to shift back and it's going to be Team LeBron and everything, right? I think right now we're, like, we're going to be, especially when the last episode finally airs, everyone's going to just going to be caught up in a moment and everyone's just going to call Michael Jordan the GOAT. But, you know, as, as, when LeBron drops his documentary, I mean, there'll be a debate again. Yeah, and you know he's going to drop one. And it's going to be... It's definitely going to be different, though, because this is one team that Michael yeah. Jordan plays for. LeBron yeah. switched teams so many times in his career that That's it's almost a good. totally different conversation. Uh, and it's going to be such a weird documentary. What I want to see is I want to see that they apparently they had camera crews for Kobe's last two seasons yeah. with the Lakers. Yeah. I want to see that documentary, too. I think that would be cool. That'd be interesting, yeah. Because uh, Kobe already has a documentary. I forget what it's called, um 
I forget he has a documentary that was ESPN, but it doesn't like it was made before he retired though, so you don't get to see all that stuff. But yeah, Kobe's last two seasons, I mean, weren't the greatest seasons of all time, but that last game made, more than made up for it. Oh yeah, no question. Obviously, he had the Achilles injury. Yeah, which doesn't seem like any player can come back from. Even um, Cousins, right, last season, yeah. he doesn't seem the same as obviously when he was in Sacramento and that first year in New Orleans, he was a monster. And then the Achilles ruptures and your career kind of completely shifts. And I don't know he if was, we'll ever see the same like the Marcus Cousins, you know. He was low key good in the in the finals last year. I'm, I'm going to say that though, like he was. I think he had 20 points or 18 points one game. He was he was he was all right in the finals last year, but nothing compared to what he used to be. Yeah, I mean, what yeah, what do, what are you most excited though going forward to this Michael Jordan documentary? What are you most excited to see? I think the coolest thing will be seeing him berate some of his teammates, and yeah. you know how they're kind of they're kind of foreshadowing it. Like these first two episodes is is more just like putting your foot in the water. You don't actually see anything. Yeah. Crazy, and you know there's a camera crew around them 24-7, so we're going to see some – bet you by the prime of this like season, like episode uh, six, episode seven, yeah. it's going to be fucking crazy. Like the shit, we're gonna, the shit you're going to see is yeah. going to – like Michael Jordan said, you're going to hate him by the end. Yeah. Um, I think there's going to be some crazy stuff, and I think it's just going to get better. So I'm just excited for some content during this quarantine, man. I, there's nothing else going on. The way they were going to do this originally, they were going to have it alternating between – the finals and then a day right, after yeah. they'd have like an episode of the documentary or like the two episodes together and uh, yeah. i think this is much better because now you just have the standalone documentary and honestly i'm most excited to see uh michael jordan berate people and scotty pippen <laughs> berate jerry Krause because i think that was kind of that's forthcoming too yeah uh what are you most excited to see for me like honestly same, same sort of thing i was just gonna say though like um <laughs> michael jordan if he had he would be, he would look so petty if he was releasing the documentary while like LeBron James let's say was in the finals and after every single time LeBron James did something good Michael Jordan would drop fucking two parts of his documentary and just just it just show that he was way better than LeBron James that had been so petty by Michael Jordan I mean it's kind I'm kind of happy that he did it this way so that like he doesn't look petty as fuck um, but honestly like for me going forward I, I'm excited to see the I've already kind of mentioned the Bad Boy Pistons part. I'm a big fan of the Bad Boy Pistons. I can't wait for that episode. Um, but honestly, I kind of want to see the Bulls' um, journey to get to the finals because we all know about the steal and the, and the shot. But they went to seven games against the Pacers, I think, earlier in the playoffs. I kind of want to see their, their journey through the playoffs because and to see Michael Jordan in his prime really just going at it. Yeah, to go back on what you were saying with petty Michael Jordan, um, at the end of the 2016 title when LeBron won two, he he greenlit the whole yeah. Last Dance documentary right after, like a, like literally the day after. So yeah, it would not it would not be beyond him to put the documentary in the finals when LeBron's playing against like Giannis or something. Yeah, he knows what that he's doing. Been, that would have been sick to see, but yeah, the journey to the finals is an interesting one because, like you're saying, you see the highlights, right? You watch the YouTube clips. You literally. Um, if you're like a hardcore fan, you might watch every game in the finals. Like, let's say you're a younger person, you'd watch each of those uh, six games of the finals on YouTube or something, but you don't see 
um, very often, like highlights against the Pacers or the anything in the earlier rounds. It'll be interesting to see how they uh, kind of go through the adversity because they're setting up the scene right now where um, you're watching and you think there's no way this team is going to like win the championship, right? You think there's so much yeah. Um, like distressed that there's no way they're going to end up winning the championship. And obviously, as we know, the answer is like they win it. So it's all about the journey there. Yeah. And I want to see that. I want to see how that journey plays out um, throughout the throughout the playoffs. That's going to be cool to see for sure. I think Reggie Miller's Reggie Miller's legacy is going to go way up. People are going to have much more respect for Reggie Miller because that he that man was given the Bulls buckets. I mean, he he was given the entire league buckets back then. But people people are really going to see how good of a basketball player Reggie Miller was back in his day, which I'm excited for. He's finally going to get some credit. He seems really underrated too, because I've watched some playoff highlights of him and he is um, a bucket. Like it, it seems like he never misses a three. He was ridiculous. Honestly, like, he is, he is crazy. Uh, ESPN, ESPN did a 30 for 30 on him. And it's legit called Reggie Miller versus the Knicks. And it's their rivalries in the nineties. And I mean, Reggie Miller, he, he was a really good basketball player. Even into the two thousands, he was just a baller. Yeah, it kind of sucks for the Knicks. They um, got beat down by the Pacers, and then they also got beat down by the Bulls on several occasions. And, and then one the of the best. Then, then the one year where they got to the finals, they didn't have Patrick Ewing, and they got beat up by the Spurs, whose only strength really was their big man. And the Knicks didn't have their big man. I mean, yeah, it just kind of sucks for them. Yeah, it sucks to be a Knicks fan. No matter, <laughs> no matter what, man, it's crazy. <laughs> Uh, Any other big takeaways from this documentary? I love the Roy Williams Roy, Roy Williams quote when he said uh, Michael Jordan was the only guy who had a on an on switch and an off switch, and he just never turned it off. That that was sick for me. I love that. Yeah, another big takeaway for me was how athletic he was when he was young. It's yeah crazy. Like you see that poster that they put there for like ten seconds during the documentary. He's literally floating in the air. Ridiculous, like, yeah. Like thirty five inch like thirty five inches in the air at least and he's just floating and he's it's just insane to see. Um watching the clips is crazy. The sixty three points is awesome. But <laughs> I think the icing on the cake is that, that he montage. goes golfing with Danny Ainge. Oh my um, god. Yeah. The day before and he's like and he's basically just tells him like I got a I don't know who um I can't remember who was the guard, their best perimeter defender on that. Yeah, he um, fouled out. I think I forget his yeah, name. Yeah, the '86 Celtics team. But he's like, I got a, I got something for him tomorrow. And then he dropped 63 on him. He fouled out. <laughs> that uh, mo- that little montage insane. there, that little montage yeah, that there, Michael Jordan he's hitting all the floaters and going to the rim and all that stuff. That was just ridiculous. I was like, my God, this guy just didn't miss. Yeah, the cinematography was great too. It was really well shot. Um, I like how they go. They kind of go like back in time. Yeah, and show you how they formed the team and everything, and how all these everything kind of just worked out. Not, I'm not gonna say perfectly, but how everything just worked out for them, uh, with moving up to get Scottie Pippen and then putting the perfect piece, pieces in place. Uh, I think we're gonna. It's, see, it's just crazy. We're we're gonna see. I think probably the next two or three episodes, the real adversity that the Bulls went through in the '80s, um, specifically against the Pistons, but as well against. Because Michael Jordan only, I think, won one playoff series without Scottie Pippen or something like that. Um, but, yeah, because they did go through quite a bit of adversity. Michael Jordan, it wasn't straight away that he was winning championships. It took him a long time to finally, you know, get to the finals and then win an NBA championship. Because the league was good back then. It wasn't just the, 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 
the Lakers and the Pistons and the uh, Celtics. I mean, there, there was a ton of good teams back then from the 76ers and all those guys. Um, it wasn't a walk in the park for Michael Jordan at all. And just going back to what you were saying about how athletic Michael Jordan was back then, really, for me, too, I was surprised at how athletic he was. But then I take a step back and I'm like, hold on, this, this guy's entire brand nowadays is legit called Jumpman. And his thing was fly like Mike or be like Mike. And it was like he's he's been telling us for years is that he's athletic. And it still 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 surprised me how how actually athletic he really was. Yeah, he just floated in the air. It's crazy. And another sliding doors moment, I guess, is in that 86 season, they, I believe that they draft um, Scottie Pippen the year after, trade up for him. Um, yeah. They, they, win, they make the playoffs with a 30-52 and 52 record <laughs> uh, and get the honor of playing a 67-win Celtics team. In their prime, and it's, yeah. yeah, it's just crazy to think how um, different it could be, let's say, if they – they lose that one game. How they show that John Paxton uh, game winner when there's 30 seconds left and they take Michael Jordan out. Yeah. Then John Paxton hits the the game winner. And it's just funny to think if they lose that game, they don't make the playoffs because the team below them had 29 wins. Right, um, yeah. And then they don't make the playoffs. And then it's such a sliding doors moment because um, they move up in the draft. And, you know, what if they get, like, the second pick? They take, I don't know, what if they take, like, Patrick Ewing or something or some other person in that draft? Yeah. And then they, they just – might never win a title you know it's kind of i think scotty pippen's the perfect robin to right, jordan's yeah. batman like i i don't think they could have had it any better they probably wouldn't have got um, they probably wouldn't have got patrick ewing because that's the year that um the nba rigged it right they got they folded the, the card but <laughs> yeah i've seen that i've seen those videos it's definitely rigged <laughs> <laughs> yeah just help the knicks out that didn't work out though yeah but, the big <laughs> the biggest franchise too right the the most wealthy franchise yeah um with the dent gets the pick it's it's hard to say that it's not rigged, <laughs> that's, to say the least. But that's what I like about Michael Jordan so much is that he he just he didn't care about what the draft picks was. He wanted to win right now, and he wanted the the playoff experience. And you could argue that if Michael Jordan doesn't go into those playoffs and doesn't get demolished or his team doesn't get destroyed by the Celtics, I mean he just he's a year late. He's a year late building that character and the character that Michael Jordan was was just a straight killer and anyone knows anyone who's been successful knows that you have to go through your downs if you want to win if you want to win shit and michael jordan he went through a lot of downs and i just like the fact that he wanted to win so bad he wanted to play so bad he was legit fighting his coach and gm trying to convince him to play in the games where it really didn't matter because you're just going to go out in the first round anyway but he didn't care he wanted to get to the playoffs and he wanted to play against the best players in the world and he put on a show too Oh, yeah. To say the least, uh, the sixty-three points. I think that's an NBA record, right? I don't think anyone. Yeah, it's a playoff record. I don't think anyone else has scored over sixty in the playoffs. But either way, it's just ridiculous to see, um, yeah, how athletic he was, and then how like his work ethic, his desire to win, yeah, despite that foot injury, right, the broken foot, um, yeah. still playing behind his team's back. It's, it's kind of crazy nowadays. A player would be shamed for doing that because it's all about. Um, conserving the player, right? It's yeah. <laughs> like nowadays, they'd be like, "Why would you play? There's no point to yeah. play. Um, just tank, go for a good pick, it's and like, then play play next season, right? It's all about building for the future." Like if if Zion Williamson decided not to 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 take a break this year, if you just if he said no, I'm playing, and by Christmas or November or whatever, he was insisting to play. I mean, that's what it would have been like. 
it's pretty much the equivalent to that. Just obviously now it's much more frowned upon. So Zion Williamson, I'm sure he wanted to play. Um, I'm sure he begged his team to, to let him play, but you know, it's just wouldn't, it's just not going to happen in today's NBA. Yeah. I love how, I love how that all happened. Uh, kind of, it kind of sucked though for the NBA because opening night was supposed to be Raptors versus uh, Pelicans with Zion. And it was going to be so much hype. And then I remember uh, he got injured in um, training camp or preseason. And then uh, just from there, he was just out. It seemed like he was going to be out like for a few weeks and then it, so it's a tournament. It's going to be a month, and then it just became like four or five months, and it's uh, yeah. kind of upsetting for the NBA because of the amount of hype. Like I don't think there's been this much hype for an NBA prospect since probably like LeBron because yeah. of how good Zion is. It's ridiculous. Yeah. That uh, yeah, I I feel that pain though. Um, 2017, 2018, that was the same thing with Kawhi Leonard. Oh, I'm coming back in two weeks. Oh, give me one more week. One more week. One more. Shut the fuck up, man. God damn. <laughs> I feel the pain, but yeah, I mean that's, that's great. I I really don't know what else to say. I'm just excited to see the next two parts of the documentary. Honestly, I, I can't wait. They're gonna go into Dennis Rodman as well. The next part, that's what the trailer was saying. So Dennis Rodman's gonna be a fun one. That's gonna be <laughs> exciting, yeah. Because the first episode, first two episodes, is about Scottie Pippen, um, but Dennis Rodman is a different character. <laughs> he is a different character. It's. Did you see that clip that the NBA put out? It was just like a. It was like a minute and a half. Um, it was like a video of Michael Jordan talking about Dennis Rodman, and it was basically him saying, like, telling a story about how uh, Scottie Pippen came back from his injury, and Dennis Rodman wanted to take a vacation. <laughs> uh, he wanted to, like because he was tired from playing the season, right? And Michael Jordan's like, "I'm tired as fuck too. Like, I don't know." <laughs> he's like, "He's like, what do you want to do?" He's like, "I want to go to Vegas." <laughs> He's like, can you go for 48 hours? He's like, yeah, whatever you can give me. <laughs> and it's they're playing, like, basically they're playing this video to Dennis Rodman of Michael Jordan telling the story. And Dennis Rodman yeah. is just, like, dying laughing. And <laughs> that's going to be, I think, a fun one. Because Dennis Rodman, like you're saying, is a crazy character. And I think his backstory is even crazier than Scottie Pippen's. For Obviously, sure. Scottie's is really sad. But uh, Dennis Rodman's is probably equally sad. I don't know if you've yeah, um, yeah. read up much on him. But he has also a pretty... Uh, sad past as well. A really rough past. Um, yeah. A really rough past, yeah. And I think it's going to be awesome. It's going to be so awesome to see them highlight that. And the thing with um, Rodman is he was part of the Pistons teams that had the Jordan rules and was beating up Jordan every every game. And then a few years later, he's Michael Jordan's teammate. But yeah, Dennis Rodman is a great character. And he was also, like, given, going back to the thing about him being tired and wanting to go to Vegas, in the next few episodes, it's going to show how Dennis Rodman really stepped up for the Bulls really embracing the fact that he was the second best player on the team because up, up until that point he was just known as the guy you know who played really good defense and was a crazy rebounder you know he was never known as the as the other guy on the bulls you know but he really stepped it up when when scotty Pippen wasn't there yeah and even in the like obviously through those runs he's such an essential part just with all these people like tony kukoc is very important too yeah, to these was, runs he was good he was really good. I remember there was a game. I think it was actually that game six. I'm pretty sure he had like 20 plus points. Like he's he just uh, provided spacing and shooting. It's just like John Paxton. Oh yeah. Uh, and Steve like Steve Kerr in the second three peat and John Paxton in the first three peat. Like these guys are so important to the team. Building the right team is perfect. Even Michael Jordan, the greatest player of all time, couldn't do it alone. Like you can see it in the that 86 playoffs. Um, like he had no help. He put up 63 and they still lost. Yeah. Um, they like you need 
teammates to win championships. I think that's one of the bottom lines. Biggest takeaway is yeah. that it doesn't matter how good you are individually; you need the right pieces around you uh, to win championships. I think that's really important for sure. I mean, like even look at some of the most iconic times where you think of Kareem and Dirk guys who won championships, quote unquote, alone. But you look around and they had they had a lot of really good players built around them. Like in Dirk's case, he had, I mean, Jason Terry was just ridiculous against LeBron James and Sean Marion. He clapped LeBron James up and really forced LeBron into one of his worst slumps of his career. Um, and Hakeem Olajuwon, he had uh Kenny the Jet Smith. He had, uh, what is it? Robert Horry. He had some really good players around him too. I mean, it doesn't matter who you are. You need, you need that help. That's just a fact. Yeah. You look at any team, I guess the closest thing is that Dallas team. Uh, in 2012, even then, there's still good pieces around them. Or sorry, 2011, there's still good pieces around them. But at the end of the day, uh, every championship team you need at least like three really good guys. Even let's look at like the Raptors, right? You had Kawhi, yeah. Pascal is pretty good. It's really good. And then you have Lowry too. I think you need three guys to win a championship. And for these Bulls teams, it was uh, there was more than three guys, but it was it was by committee, right? It was obviously Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and then. I would say it was like Kukoc and Rodman were like the other two guys yeah. who contributed on. Kukoc was more of like the offensive threat, and then Dennis Rodman was like the rebounder, the hustler, and the defender too. So he was. A, you yeah. need the right the right cast around your team is kind of just like the bottom line, I guess here. Yeah, I mean, and and it doesn't have to be superstars too. Like you don't have to have like how the Warriors had it, where you don't, you don't need the superstars. But you take a take a look at the Raptors last year, and it's Kawhi Leonard. But you just need two other players that play like superstars and Pascal Siakam was playing like a superstar and Kyle Lauer was playing like a star and Van Vliet in that fourth quarter played like a superstar. You just need players to step up when it matters most. And that like that that's what differentiates a star from a superstar. And a lot of these role players, um I, I just brought up Robert Horry. A lot of these role players like Robert Horry, when 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 they need it when they're needed most those are the guys who step it up, and it's not always the best players to step it up. You just need players. You need you obviously need that one star, but you need other players who can step it up when they are needed to step up. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's also a two way game. Like every guy you mentioned for the Raptors, right? Kawhi, Lowry, Siakam, and Van Vliet, they're all good defenders, too. Yeah. And then Danny Green was there, too, also defending. So you had a well, like a really good defensive team. And they could all kind of create off the dribble. For these older teams, um, you look at Michael Jordan, you look at Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman. Those are three <laughs> monstrous defenders, defensive players. Yeah, we say the Clippers. Like Michael Jordan in his prime was one of the great defenders in NBA history. Scottie Pippen's probably one of the best ever. Yeah, if not like the best defensive player ever, definitely in his gener like of his generation. So uh, you look at like the the build for a championship team is clearly. It's clearly defense wins championships. Like it kind of highlights that. Yeah. Um, and then you need a superstar too. You need that one guy. So you need that Michael Jordan, that Kawhi, that LeBron, Katie, or Steph. Yeah. You just need that one superstar, and and you're good. Yeah. I mean, even nowadays, defense is what wins. Look at any game seven. Any game seven, like in recent history, the majority of the time, no. Even nowadays, no one's scoring over 100 points. Like the Raptors and 76ers, two teams with high flying offenses. They're not score. They're getting like ninety points, and yeah, I think it was like yeah ninety two yeah. or something like that. All so. these big games, like a few years ago too, was the Houston Rockets versus Golden State Warriors that game seven. I think Warriors just got, or they might have just got over hundred. But two of the most high powered offenses in NBA history, not even getting to hundred points. It's it's what it's defense that wins you the championship. Twenty sixteen finals too. Yeah, that one was. 
I don't even know if they hit the 90s in that one. That was also just another I'm, tight. I think they just got, I think it was 92-89 was the final. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It was just a tight. Either way, it was, uh, I think they might have been up four, though, because I remember um, they were going for the three. Oh, yeah, LeBron and it didn't matter, right? So, yeah, LeBron hit that free throw. So, it's probably like, yeah, 93-89, stuff like that. But at the end of the day, yeah, defense championships. And I, I think that gets highlighted, especially like you were saying, in a tight game, like a game seven. Yeah. Or even like just a clinching game, any game where you need a clinch um, to win the championship, like that team, it comes down to the de- what's happening on the defensive end. Yeah. Um, more so than the offensive end. Obviously, offense is like just as important, but if you can't get stopped, you're not going to win. Everything gets congested. Yeah, it's just crazy. And like we look at the 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 plays and like a crazy back or a crazy defense with with Kawhi and Paul George and Pat Bev, but they were nothing. That that nothing defensively compared to what the Bulls had back back then. I mean, it was ridiculous. Yeah, for sure. Any last takeaways from the uh, documentary? I'm just excited for part three and four. That's that's it right now. I mean, like I'm probably gonna rewatch part one and two just because it was so good. But part three and four, I'm hyped for. I'm hyped. Yeah, I mean, part three and four they come out uh, Sunday night. We're in Canada, so. I'm watching it Monday yeah. morning. At, I'm not staying up till 3 a.m. to watch it, but you know yeah, I'm, I'm gonna watch it. I don't. I only have to stay up till Monday, Monday morning. Oh, true. That <laughs> Pacific time flex. Big time. Jeez. And I'm predicting it right here. Last words. I'm predicting it. Um, Bill Lambeer, maybe Rick Mahorn, but Bill Lambeer especially will be a household name this time next week. I can guarantee you. Everyone in America will know who Bill Lambeer is. All right, that's it.